Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined each week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and true crime and TV and movies and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. That was really professional. Kind of until I got an itch on my nose, and then I had to itch it, and now it went to shit. Hello. It's making me need to scratch mine. I'm sorry. We just had some cacahuetes. We did. And it made me spicy. I'm feeling spicy. So I wanted to open the show by discussing an issue you had with your dog, because I felt it was both funny to me and a cautionary tale, because, spoiler, the dog is fine. Yes, he's I just want to start with that. He's totally fine. Now let's go through the trauma. And it totally broke my heart. And yeah, um, yeah I mean, there, obviously there's plenty of jokes that can be made out of what happened. But the other, so last week, he's, uh, just to give you a little, so you can picture him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's two and a half years old. He's an Italian greyhound. He's like 90% Italian greyhound, 10% something else. And he, he's just the cutest little guy. I mean, he's just incredibly affectionate. Very energetic. Very energetic. Up into everything. Everything. Sweet boy, nonetheless. And my son. And so he, anytime I don't have eyes on him in the house, I'm like, where's Liam? Because we have a few dogs at the house, including my, my Belle, who doesn't really get into anything except me. And so, you know, where's Liam? Where's Liam? I go upstairs and my friend's door is open. And he's chewing on this wrapper and I smell it. And I'm like, okay, well, if there's chocolate in there, I'm going to know in about 30 minutes because you're going to start yakking. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was a peanut butter cookie, right? Most of you know where this is going. So I smell it. I'm like, okay, well, my friend had just ordered lunch. So he probably got the remnants of that. And there's only crumbs and I'm around for the next hour and a half. And he will watch him. Yeah, he was totally fine. Spry. Totally fine. So I go to my office, which is just up the road um, to teach for the night online. And I take my other dog. I come home and um, about an hour after, about a half hour after I'm home, my, my friend's been home, another friend, she's been home the whole night and everybody's been good and eating dinner and everybody's happy. And I look over at my boy and his head's kind of bobbing. You just, and I look at it, off, and I right? look at I look at my friend and go look at Liam right now and she goes yeah that's kind of that is kind of off and he had just been out in the yard like doing zoomies which for him is not odd okay okay that's tell like, people what a zoomie, zoomie is. is when they like run in circles and run in circles and run in circles but I did notice that at one point he kind of stopped and froze and was like e and I'm like that's a funny <laughs> face so then I bring him in and he's starting to nod and he's starting to bob and and. Kim says to me, she goes, oh my gosh, that looks like when her dog got into, and this was really scary. He got into one of the mushrooms in the lawn on the backyard, which we, oh, have, yes. we have since treated the lawn because I was going scary. after, after that day, she had to rush him to emergency. They uh, oh, we, no. we had to rip all the, this was when I was in Africa. Yeah. We had to rip all of those out and then treat the lawn. And I still look for them, but they're not on the lawn anymore. So that's another thing too. If you guys ever see those little mushrooms in your lawn, mm. those are very toxic and can kill a dog yes. or a cat or, or a baby. Get those out. Those are really nasty. So anyway, we had learned from that, treated the lawn, whatnot. So 
we knew it wasn't that and I was outside with him. So we get in the car, we're rushing him to the hospital and he's kind of bobbing and his temperature's starting. And, and I said, he did get into Sean's cookies or whatever. And she goes, Mm. call him right now and see if there was THC in that. So I, I call him. Oh shit. Was that the first moment you thought? "Uh No, it was kind of like what, what weirded me out was it took seven out. No, six hours for this to start hitting him. Oh, that's really interesting. He's 14 pounds. That's really interesting. So that's why by the time I left for work, I'm like, he was totally fine. I'm like, he would have started being weird or thrown up. But that's or, edibles, right? Total. That's and, edibles. And not only that, I'm not going to give up too much information, but where my friend gets his edibles from are from people who do legal growing. Yeah, and yeah. these are incredibly potent, pure very good edibles if you're someone who likes edibles, but not something a dog should be consuming. No, or anybody new to edibles or anybody for that matter. new to edibles. So he, um, I call him up and I said, Hey, do you, do you have any edibles in your room? Or, you know, that he got into this wrapper. He goes, Oh yeah, those were edibles. Now here, here's the thing. He's really good about keeping his door closed and locked and doesn't usually have edibles in his room. He had just been given these by a friend oh, and he so had them on his maybe desk in the fridge or whatever or in his drawer yeah, or something yeah. and his door is always clamped. So it's very odd for any of the dogs to be in his room for that reason among, you know, other reasons. Cuz usually the door is locked. Usually it's cl- yeah, he can't get in. So mm-hmm. I hang up the phone, but I ha- there was a relief because once I knew it was THC, I knew he wasn't going to die. At the same time, I'm like, he's miserable and freaking out. Yeah, like, is there any palliative care that we can give him to have him feel better? That's right. So there was, and we, I went to the the vet hospital close to my house, and they were unbelievably amazing from the tech, through the vets, through the nurses. They took him... They started to put him on IV bags that the the liquid that they give them binds to the THC and it pulls it out of their system. So okay. he could have gone home with me, but he would have been so incredibly uncomfortable. And I am just thankful and privileged enough that I could afford to keep him there overnight. And they monitor him. They make sure that he doesn't have any seizures. And then they run the drug test to make sure. And it was all, it was pure THC. That's what was in his system. Oh my God. So my poor little guy was flipping high as a kite. I pick him up the next. <laughs> this is why I have to, I'm going to laugh. Yeah, go ahead. Because the dog is fine. He's fine. So when you first texted me, oh my God, everything's fine. But, mm-hmm. and then she's like, Liam got into the. To an edible. To the brownies or, or whatever the hell yeah. they were. <laughs> and was been high as a kite for the last eight hours or whatever. 24 and, hours. And I, because I knew the dog was fine, yeah. I laughed out loud by know myself. Him and you know him. Because yeah. I know Liam and how crazy he is. Yeah. And then to see him stoned would have been a real privilege. Well, so here's Kim's, <laughs> jo- here's Kim's joke around the whole thing. She's like, I really think we need to start microdosing him. She's like, <laughs> So I go, that, I go, that's an episode of Forensic Files. I mean, the dog was stoned. So that stoned. That makes me laugh. But here's the thing for me as mama. So he comes home and it was like my dog had been in a car accident and suffered a traumatic brain injury. It went from like the most rambunctious dog <laughs> to just like staring. I had to make sure he was eating. He was incontinent. I know it's so he, sad. I took off his little diapy and he just peed all over it. Like yeah. it was the hardest thing. But then once that started to work out yeah. and he started to be himself a little bit, but he was still stoned. 
then that's it was funny. when it was a little bit funnier. I'm glad. But I'll tell you, here's the funniest line of the whole night that have a sip before, because you might spit this out. Mm. Liam is Italian Greyhound, so he already looks like really thin. I mean, you can feed him so much, but he's supposed to be thin in his metabolism, right? right. So as they're going, as the vet's going through the different drugs, he's she's like, okay, is there any of this at your house? And we're we've got Sean on the phone going, do you have that? And he goes, I swear to God, the only thing in my room is weed. I don't do coke. I don't do right. And she goes, and the vet goes, well, she, he doesn't look like a meth or a coke dog. And I'm like. <laughs> He actually does though. Like he that's the way. So. I mean, he acts like a meth dog, and he looks like a meth he's dog. Literally but, yeah, skinny because he's so skinny. But he doesn't but, look like a meth dog. No, he doesn't. But out of all of those drugs, we were laughing because he he's like the dog that does lines of coke every yeah. day. You know, but well, he's doing burpees or slurpees or spinnies or whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> so he finally, by morning of day two, he came around to like. But he even had to like gain taste back to treats again. He was like, and then now he's totally back to his neurotic self and i i couldn't love him more like he has not left my side and i will I'm, just tell you that if you're a <sighs> person that is new to edibles like yeah. a person and not a dog which is of course you who yeah. are listening although i'm sure your dogs listen as well that's what happens when you first try an edible it's, and you eat too much yep. because the edibles taste really good they're brownies or cookies yep. or whatever he the thought hell it was a treat and then you have a dose you know that's a lot larger for a person that's dosing all the time like the person that bought the item, yep. you know, you're working up that tolerance, but that's exactly what it's like to eat an edible as a person. When you eat, you eat the whole brownie or some shit. And imagine being 14 pounds. Yeah. And, and none of us are 14 pounds, but Kathy's close. So <laughs> if Kathy were to try and I it, hate edibles and, and if Kathy, it's a total body high, it is the worst. So I don't Liam, like them. Liam yeah. was having a total body high yeah. with a dose that was 45 pounds more than he should have had. At, at least. I mean, for a male human even who, who doses regularly, I'm assuming. Well, well, and that's what he said. He goes, he goes, my God, he goes, I would have, he goes, I'm he would have even eaten the whole thing. He said, he goes, I would have been in a brain fog the next day. So he imagine what half he, of he had that's a choice, right. right? Because and half yeah. of it would have been a lot. That's right. For so someone who's new. The positive thing is with THC, you're not going to die. Oh, Liam. But it's really scary to watch your, and then you can't communicate. Well, to him. and dogs are helpless and yeah, they but, rely on us. And oh, then you feel guilty. Lately, he's fine. <laughs> then you feel guilty for, Oh, and you know. Sean was like, oh my God. I'm like, it's not your fault. Like he got in, you know, we talked about making yeah, it's sure not it's not even Kathy's and- fault. It's not even Kathy's fault. It's like yeah, the dog is just, in his own house. It was a, it was a mistake. That's yep, it. It's a mistake. Uh, never to be made again. No mushrooms and no pot in your house. <laughs> oh God. The mushrooms. That was like, we treated the whole lawn after that. I know. I still just, look for him. Yeah, no, I, I see him around. Not good. Anyway, everybody's safe and sound. Everyone's safe and sound, and her dog is not a stoner. It was a one-time thing. He's too young for Kim. Said, Kim <laughs> goes, buddy, man, we've all been there, but you are way too young for this. Yeah, yeah, right? Like introductory drugs, man. So the next is what we like to call... Horror Facts with Girl. Horror Facts with Kath. Here we go. Number one. Yes, ma'am. The story... <laughs> Speaking of stones, go ahead. <laughs> the, uh, the story which was originally going to be the concept for an episode of The X-Files. Okay. So the story of this movie. Right. Number two, much of the news footage shown in this one scene is actual footage from the July 1996 explosion and crash of TWA Flight 800 Long Island, New York. Mm-hmm. 
Number three, the film's original title was Flight 180. Mm. Number four, Rocky Mountain High by John Denver is played as a precursor to each death scene. And number five. That sounds ludicrous, but okay. Two of the uh, <laughs> the movies in the series, so now you know there's more than one of these mm-hmm. in the franchise, were, uh, were directed by James Wong, who wrote and produced and was known for the X-Files. Yeah, totally. I don't know. I want to say snakes on a plane or something like no, that. No, do you remember? Do you remember? There's a horror movie where the opening scene, he's running the airport and he's like, "Don't get on the plane! Don't get on the plane!" Then he watches all these people explode in the plane. No. Final destination. Oh yeah, see, not one of my favorites. Yeah, but that was actual like the all of the um, just the the actual news footage was real. It was from a real plane crash, which is pretty oh, crazy. Of yeah. course, I mean, ugh. right? I mean, we just did our Urban Legends episode on Wednesday. So that's a, I mean, not an urban legend, but okay. Thank you very much. I wanted to give you a small piece of news, which I'm sure you probably already saw, but Netflix announces stranger things will return in 2022 with a new teaser. So there is a season four teaser up. The kids have to be like 40 by now that everybody can watch. It's been over two years since the last season of stranger things premiered on Netflix. They go real slow with this shit. Uh, We are more than ready for the return of the stranger kids. Stranger Things Kids. I was like, the Stranger Kids. The Stranger Kids. (laughs) But yeah, so there's a teaser out there. So when last we watched Stranger Things, it seemed that Hopper had been killed and the Byers family was leaving Hawkins with a powerless 11. The new season will feature the usual suspects as well as new locations and characters, including horror legend Robert England as Victor Creel, a disturbed murder suspect imprisoned in a psychiatric hospital. Of the new season, the Duffer Brothers said last February, season four is shaping up to be the biggest and most frightening season yet. And we cannot wait for everyone to see more. Of course, they're going to say that. (laughs) If you're wondering why the season took nearly twice as long as the past seasons, there's a report on, it looks like Screen Rant that says, since July 2019, viewers have waited eagerly for news about season, new season and release date. The production team has always emphasized quality over speed, blah, 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 meaning that hefty gaps between previous seasons. But this time around, things took a little bit longer, obviously. Until now, the show has been centered around Georgia, but season four has left Hawkins behind. And as a result, there are a lot of location shots around the globe that they had to do. Mm. The cast and crew traveled to Lithuania in late 2019, where they shot some of the scenes in the Russian prison. They're currently filming at Netflix Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Looks like there was that. It says, this is the first season where we have this sprawling geography, multiple location shoots. This international production is naturally taking longer. And then, of course, there is the additional problem of the coronavirus pandemic. Filming began in February 2020, but all the Netflix productions ground to a halt in March due to the pandemic and the lockdowns. So they didn't resume production until November. So that's, yeah, there's you know, a lot of obstacles. They needed to travel everywhere to do all this geography plus the pandemic. So a lot of, I mean, a lot of my friends that work in the entertainment industry, uh, a couple of editors I know, like went back 
a, quite a while ago now, but you know, if there's a lot of travel, but though. if there was a lot of travel, that was mm-hmm. really incredibly hard to do for a whole production team. So anyway, I wanted you to I'm, know, I know I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to it. Cool, man. Cool. I also wanted to mention one more thing. Let me ask you this. Are scarecrows something that you're really missing in your horror movies? Wouldn't a scarecrow be like the perfect horror villain in a way? I actually bought my friend who we do. We set his house up every year with. Yes. He actually has, um, you know, when you walk into haunted houses and there's like the flooding type of lasers that you look like you're going through a swamp or whatever. Right. So he has those going through his living room and I bought him an animatronic scarecrow last oh, year. That's my terrifying. Wow. And he talks, he's got like this really demonic voice and he lights up his motion sensor. That's crazy. So I think there's, I think scarecrows can be really cool. Yeah. I was looking at this list. It's, it's not a new list, but I was looking around for scarecrow stuff and I noticed these movies and I'm wondering if you've seen any of them. I, I don't think I have necessarily. I mean, there, obviously there's scarecrow and children of the corn mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of like, with clowns, sometimes the scariest clowns are in the movie, like the clown from Poltergeist right. or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But these are actually Scarecrow movies. So the first one is from 1988, and it's called Scarecrows. Criminals hijack a plane and force the pilot and his daughter to fly them to Mexico. However, an unexpected landing finds them in a cemetery inhabited by killer scarecrows. Can't say I've seen that. Nope. My, I think that'd neither. be pretty unforgettable. Me neither, but it sounds uh, interesting. So this other one, 1995, Night of the Scarecrow, a group of drunk oh. teenagers accidentally does this sound familiar to you yes okay a group of drunk teenagers accidentally set free the spirit of a warlock which possesses a scarecrow the scarecrow goes on a bloody rampage killing the descendants of the men who had killed the warlock a century before i remember when this came out a newcomer and the daughter of the mayor try to stop it before it's too late and the warlock can reincarnate should, so, we, should we buddy some of these for October? I know, right? So I, yeah, I was thinking like we should totally do a Scarecrow segment. So then Scarecrow from 2002, when high school loner Lester is betrayed, then viciously murdered, the bodies start stacking up as the Scarecrow seeks vengeance from beyond the grave. Scary Crows. <laughs> Sorry, that's they have a to bad keep, name. Like, changing it a I little know, bit. I know, because they, yeah, because they don't want to have the same name. That's from 2017, actually. Scary Crows is a comedy horror about a trainee hairdresser who discovers that her boyfriend is keeping a dark secret. Soon her world crashes around her as the quiet seaside town where she was born is overrun by homicidal Scary Crows. And then one more that I want to mention, and maybe you guys have more. I would love to hear more Scarecrow movies. There's one from 1981. This is going to be right up your alley, Kathy. It was originally a TV horror movie called Dark Night of the Scarecrow. Hmm. Apparently it would show like every Halloween. Small town vigilantes led by the mailman, Charles Durning, if you remember him, do not get away with killing a local simpleton. Yeah, that was like a TV movie, you know, back in the. 80s. I actually, I'm on, I'm on my computer right now, and yeah. they show it says the CBS Sunday Night Movie. There you in go, orange letters. That's why I thought of you because like horror on Sunday nights or whatever, right? Back Dark in the million Scarecrow, years ago, Scarecrow, 1981. There it is. So I'm just thinking maybe we do some scary crows. 
And or some CBS Sunday night movies. All of it. Yeah. All the Scarecrow. All Love the it. time. Okay, cool. So I also believe you had an event or something to talk about. Um, I have two things. I first would like to share with everyone, if you're interested. Yes. Although there are only a couple of these left. Mm-hmm. I don't, I would never want this, but I know some people <laughs> out there might. That uh, Thank you I for that. If you go on to Mercari, you can probably find it in other places too. You can actually get a motorized exorcist character. She's marked down from $500 to $399 on Mercari. <laughs> Apparently she's a bargain. But she's something. And she, her head spins and she's in the bed and the whole thing. And it's a collector's exorcist motorized. It's not a vehicle. Okay. But it's a motorized Regan. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, not it, sure it's necessary. It popped up on, on my... Um, but if you're an exorcist person... Motorized head spins 360. Okay. Yeah. So it's brand new. It's like $500. It's wow. a collectible. I yeah. mean, it sounds super cool. And if you're an exorcist fan person, collectible person, that sounds cool. Yeah. Right on. I like finding all this random merchant, like, because I would want to know if something like that was out for the Lost Boys, personally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, whatever your collections are. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, here is my event for today. So, there's three different cities doing it. The first, it's called House of Spirits, a haunted cocktail soiree. So, Los Angeles is doing it from September 25th through October 31st. New York and Dallas are also um, handling it. And location in Los Angeles is the historic manor home in Highland Park. And it looks pretty flipping cool. I mean, you go <laughs> in and step inside the House of Spirits, home to all things mysterious, magical, and macabre. Uh, you have to buy tickets for it, but it's you dress up and the resident spirits focus their tail on the demise of the Vasiloff family at the hands of the unholy miracle man, Volkov, inspired <laughs> by the real life history of Russian holy man Rasputin and the Romanov royal family. House of Spirits weaves a disquieting and original story with riffs on classic Russian Scandinavian folktales that are certain to leave guests delightfully chilled and that you get to drink and be at a cocktail party and everybody's kind of dressed very macabre and have looks, a good old time. Looks pretty cool. And so three cities are doing it. Oh, Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Fun. So yep, we yep. did a buddy watch. Well, I'm sorry. Are we going to say something else? No, that's it. Okay, cool. We did a buddy watch of killer clowns from outer space for International Clown Week, ladies and gentlemen, which was the first week in August. And I'm always looking for themes for our watches. And so we thought we'd watch a bunch of clown movies and the best of the bunch definitely was killer clowns from outer space. Mm -hmm. Although I'm a huge fan of the movie stitches, which I would recommend That's a to great movie. anyone to watch. So yeah. if you're looking for some clown stuff, but most of the other really scary clowns so far are like poltergeist and it like the ones that everybody knows about. I watched some low budge as a part of uh, clown week, just to sort of see if there was some other stuff. I haven't found anything else yet but I will let you know if I do. Killer Clowns from Outer Space, 1988, sci-fi, 90 minutes long. A classic, people. If you have not seen it, you must. So good. 
So let me just do the little description. When teenagers Mike and Debbie see a comet crash outside their sleepy small town, they investigate and discover a pack of murderous aliens who look very much like circus clowns. They try to warn the local authorities, but everyone assumes their story is a prank. Meanwhile, the clowns set about harvesting and eating as many people as they can. Of course they do. It's not until they kidnap Debbie that Mike decides it's up to him to stop the clown's bloody rampage. You know what I love about reading the descriptions on every most of the movies that we talk about is because I think a lot of times we watch older these movies and we don't really know the premise. We just watch for the goofy rubber clowns. Yep. From the 1980s. Uh, you had seen this movie before. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a classic. And actually, when you and I went to the Halloween Horror Nights a couple of years ago, it was one of the scariest mazes there. It was really successful, and I don't remember why. <laughs> Do you remember it? They they actually... You're really good about remembering what's inside the mazes, yeah. and I really remember just the affect. I just remember that it was it successfully scared me, yeah. but I don't remember any of the details. They had redone the, the opening sequence with... They had the old man and the dog outside the circus tent, and then when you walked in, they had yes. all of the, the cotton candy cocoons that look like... To me, they look like night, uh, light bulbs from the 1980s. <laughs> um, but they, they had really good very successful scares in that yes one. like and the jump scares were really good in that and they recreated the set well it's often timing as well right mm -hmm. we've been to so many mazes now and i'm sure you guys have too that a successful maze is often about the timing that your group is in totally because i've been in really amazing mazes that you and i have been to that i can tell would be very effective but it's timed wrong for me mm -hmm. the scares are either in front of me or behind me right I just, in, then I just enjoy it for the art mm -hmm. of watching. And I also enjoy other people, watching other people get scared. So it's enjoyable in that way. Oh yeah. When you get people in front of you, they're yeah. like, ah! yeah. 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 Behind me, I'm not as much of a fan because they push into me. I know. And then I'm the block between them and you. You've got your personal football player yes. with me. I've got, you've got your personal defenseman in Shannon because the people behind me are pushing up against us usually to like get me to move faster. And I'm like, don't move faster. You're going to get the timing off. Right. Like calm down, calm down, relax, shut up, relax. <laughs> I usually, works, which works every time I yeah. just turn around and say, relax. Rel I just tap them on their shoulder and go, Hey, relax. Here's my Xanax. Right. <laughs> and then I give them one of Shannon's cards, not mine. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, I think that was also one of the reasons why we loved it is because the timing was just perfect oh, for yeah. us. But I really enjoyed watching this movie once again. Everybody always enjoys it. It's dark. It's goofy. It's rubber suited clowns. And the, the sound, the laughing. Oh my gosh. And their, their faces when they smile. It's so, almost like when Liam was high, like, e. yes, <laughs> that's what he looked like. Like the, the purple clown or whatever, when he was like, E, it's like a little cone head. I'm like, that's what Liam did. It was like, he would look, looked at me and he's just like, E. <laughs> You're not seeing the face, but it's pretty goofy. It looks like a stoned face, basically. Yeah. That's what the, a lot of them With look a frozen like. smile. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's a lot of fun and we were making jokes about how there's one one of the clowns is super short and one of the clowns is super tall oh my gosh the little one with the bike is me is you and then the tall one yeah. that was uh in love with the one character <laughs> she was like batting her little clown oh, yeah, eyes yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff yeah. that we were joking that that was me so mm. anyway a lot of fun what else did you watch miss <clears throat> kathy i started watching a, a true crime documentary called well there's there's two different seasons this particular season is about Pazuzu Algarod. So I'll go into this for so it's on Vice or I think you might be able to find it on Oxygen also, but it's called The Devil The Devil You Know. Mm-hmm. Satan worshiping killer Pazuzu Algarod's crimes are exam- examined in The Devil You Know. So obviously his real name is not Pazuzu. I was going to say that's interesting. His, his name is John Lawson, but he was <laughs> Pazuzu I believe is the the demon's name in the exorcist. Do you remember the scene in the exorcist where you see the devil? I do. That's I think Pazuzu. Oh, gotcha. This was really interesting. So I still have one episode left and it starts as a true crime documentary, but then almost moves into the lives of the, the people, the people in his life that he essentially ended up really screwing over and affecting after he took his life. Gotcha. So, there's a lot of psychology, obviously, about this guy mm-hmm. who was born in a really, um, he had a rough childhood. And as he started to grow up, you start to see the the conduct disorder, the antisocial personality, sure. the schizotypal stuff that we've talked about before, where he essentially creates this persona and he makes things up mm. about himself so he becomes the object of fear mm. to everyone. So uh, he names himself after a devil. He changed his last name to something Middle Eastern, says he's born in Iraq, that he's actually like a terrorist. He's Satan worshiping. You watch through the first three episodes and just how incredibly sick and psychopathological this guy is and the type of the ways that he used his manipulation to pull all of these people into his life and which fosters their addiction to drugs and alcohol. And he ends up murdering two people. The mother of one of the sons doesn't ever really get quite closure to, and they interview her. And then they interview his best friend who essentially ends up becoming like an alcoholic PTSD. It's really like, it gets dark fast. And then, so there's all these other like sub stories going on of his friends who knew him and how what he left them with realizing he was a complete fraud and really like messed up dude and now they're left with like the aftermath and so the the last few episodes is really about like the impact mm-hmm. but also like how a child like this became such a sociopath right. essentially and it's really i mean it's interesting. There's parts of it that I'm like, okay, some of it's boring. Well, that's any true crime doc. Any true days. crime doc. <laughs> but I think the most fascinating part for me watching it as a psychologist is the lengths that he went to to make sure that everyone feared him. Mm. And it was the way that he learned to, I really believe he was more sociopathological. I think that it was a very much nurture. Okay. And his environment. And he was, I think, a combination of schizotypal narcissistic and with schizophrenia i think yeah and there's schizophrenia schizophrenic symptoms in schizotypal personality 
but yeah, it's it was really like the first few episodes. I'm like, this is kind of cool. But towards the end, I'm like, I really want to finish this because it's <laughs> it's dark. Yeah, it sounds like if you get all the way to the end, you'll really be able to see like, okay, so these these parts were really interesting. These parts weren't type of thing. Yep. But it's, um, I wouldn't say it's not worth a while. If you like true crime, it has some really interesting elements and it takes place in this really small town and on the East Coast and mostly, it's actually most mostly say, uh, like Winston-Salem. Oh, Winston okay. Salem. I don't know. If you like this kind of stuff and you like true crime, it, it's, uh, it's worth a watch. Okay. Great. Yeah. I know that we also both watched The Suicide Squad. We did. 2021 comedy action. It's getting very good reviews. It's two hours and 12 minutes long. Let me read the synopsis. Welcome to hell, a.k.a. Bella Rave, the prison with the highest mortality rate in the U.S. of A., where the worst supervillains are kept and where they will do anything to get out, even join the super secret, super shady Task Force X. Now, we've seen that premise several times in action movies, but it still works. Yes. Today's do or die assignment. You may ask <laughs> assemble a collection of cons, including Bloodsport, peacemaker, captain boomerang, Ratcatcher two savant, King shark, blackguard, javelin, and everyone's favorite psycho Harley Quinn. Then arm them heavily and drop them literally on the remote enemy infused Island of Corto Maltese. Mm hmm. There were a lot of haters for this movie. A lot, I was looking up reviews. So this is James Gunn who direct James Gunn, who, you know, get guardians of the galaxy. Yeah. Et cetera, for those of you who might not be into action movies. So you're reading a lot of haters. Yeah. And I think it's because people are really trying to take this much more serious than you have to just allow yourself to go. This is absolutely ridiculous. It's a lot of fun. And it's a lot of fun. And the starfish that a lot of people are going, I don't know. Uh, uh, my understanding is that it is a derivative of the comic. There is like a, re like it is relevant. It's not just pulled out of nothing, but my gosh, people like just relax, <laughs> just laugh. It's, it's people like, it doesn't make sense. It, 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 well, it, it, it is what it is. It's, it's not trying to be an Academy award winning movie. No, it's hilarious. It's, it's hysterical. It's goofy. It's violent. It's violent. Lots of dismembering. She uh, was great in it this time. It's a lot of fun. Harley Quinn is got an accent this time, so she's more on more on character. <laughs> I am not a comic book nerd. No, I'm not either. And so I'm not look I just want to make that preface like yes. if you have issues with how things are interpreted in that way, I feel you. I yeah. get it. I've had my favorite books bangle mangled by yeah. the movies. But also just know my opinion is not coming from any kind of like relevance to the comic. Yeah. I'm just going in as I like James Gunn. Mm -hmm. I like all those actors that are in the movie. So I'm looking forward to seeing them. I love the shark, you know, the CGI shark. I love the CGI weasel. Uh, oh, the weasel's great. That's a lot of fun. What about Sebastian? Like, right, exactly. The rat. He's and, great. And so I'm going in from, I'm not, ex I'm expecting a fun ride, especially when movies are over two hours these days. I'm expecting big visual effects. Yeah. I'm expecting good looking people. Yeah. 
and I'm expecting fun. We got all of it. And we got all of that. And I like action movies. People are like, why does John Cena have to ruin another movie? I'm like, he was funny in it. Oh, but you know, people like to hate. And we do too sometimes. Was, and everybody I, thinks their opinion is the, uh, is the opinion. No, but he was funny in it. I thought it was great. It's fast paced. You know, there's no... There's a, uh, there's a few moments where like it could be edited, obviously. Yeah. There always is. Yeah. But it is fast-paced, and if you want to put on your headphones and listen to the sound and put it, sit in a dark room like you're in the theater, I would say, I, I mean, I watched it on HBO Max because they do these concurrent releases now between the theater and HBO Max this year. But I would say watch this one in the theater. I just saw Black Widow in the theater, and it was... I have so many good things to say about that too, which we don't have to go into, but next time it's so much fun to okay. go back to the theater. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And I also saw a movie recently in the theater, but I'm going to talk about it on next week's shrink chat just to space these out a bit. But yeah. Anyway, that's what I thought. And that's what you thought. Yeah. What else? What else did you watch? I watched a movie called truth or dare from 2017. I think it was a Netflix Eight college friends head to a haunted rental for Halloween, but when they re replay the game that made the house infamous, they awaken an evil spirit intent on stealing their souls. So when this first started out, I thought it was just going to be kind of fun and dumb. You know, they have to do the dare and then it, but it's, it takes quite a dark turn and I give it some applause for that because the movie itself is like, it's okay. Okay. But if you want gore, this is like Eli Rothgore. <laughs> okay. Um, which, you know, you know how I feel about him. Not a big fan, but I appreciate sometimes. You like the gore. Sometimes. Yeah. I don't like his gore because his gore is like. All right, fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. But you were trying to say it was good gore. And then, then, yes, you, then yes. you said Eli Roth. So <laughs> let me, I just hate the hostel. I hate hostel. Oh, but some okay. of his other stuff is good. Okay. So <laughs> it gets to a point where the, the dares get really intense and they find out through somebody who knows the house i'm not going to go into all that that in order to beat the dare they have to they won't live through it unless they share it mm -hmm. so let's say you and i were were in this house right and it comes up and it says like you have to chop four fingers off okay you myself and two other people with us, if we all chopped one finger off, then the dare would be done. So they have to like, they have to find these ways to share it, but it keeps getting more and more brutal to the point where there were times where I'm like, I can't look. Yeah. And that ta it takes a lot for me to not be able to look. Mm -hmm. So if you want like some good, really nasty, queasy gore, okay. this, this delivers. Okay. Yeah. It's, it hasn't gotten great reviews. Nope, because the movie itself's whatever. Yeah. But if you just want like a straight up... Like watching it gets fingers nasty and stuff fast. like that. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. I thought also we might talk about the Fear Street trilogy today. So, sure. Okay. Because I know we've, we've also watched those. So 2021, there are three movies that are called the Fear Street Trilogy trilogy part one two and three all on netflix created during the pandemic we're supposed to have a theatrical release like as three separate movies over time but 
they decided, I think because pandemic, et cetera, I'm sure there was some other considerations once they saw the final product that they were going to do it this way, which was release them on streaming one week apart. And it just made this massive, you know, three part event really, but they'd shot them all at once. So that's kind of cool. Like back in the day, whenever they shot them, they shot them all at once. So fear street part one is 1994 Fear Street Part 2, meaning the year, is 1978. And then Fear Street 3 is 1666. So they tell the story going backwards, which is kind of a cool idea. Each movie is just under two hours. So they're all around the same, like 145, 150, 155, and stuff like that. So you've have you seen all three, Kathy? I have. Okay, cool. So... I would say let's skip right to the part where you tell me kind of like maybe how you would rank them. Maybe you take a minute to think about like which one was your favorite, just kind of off the cuff and kind of do that. Cause I, I have an idea of what mine are. I haven't thought too much about it. I'd have to go. The second one is my favorite. Mm-hmm. The third one's my second favorite. Mm-hmm. And the first one's my least favorite. Okay. So I would, I similarly, I would definitely go with the second one's my favorite. And it's honestly the best one, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if I could say so myself. Critically speaking, like it's getting a lot of the the praise. It's So I, the way I mark that is that I would actually rewatch it just as a standalone slasher. Yeah. Because it's in a camp. In the woods Mm -hmm. with teenagers. Like, who doesn't... We all love this premise. A summer of fun turns into a gruesome fight for survival as a killer terrorizes Camp Nightwing in the cursed town of Shadyside. And I thought it had some interesting, like, the way it resolves Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Very interesting. And the young actress, Sadie Sink, who plays the main character, the redhead, was a lot of fun. She's good. Yeah. And then I might go... Oh, it's a toss up from there. <laughs> yeah. The reason why I would say three before one, cause I actually thought one was fun. Yes. But three does an awesome job at tying everything together. Yeah. I mean, I think that the beginning last of chunk, three lags for me, but that last chunk saves yeah, it. So yeah, yes, yeah. I can see that. So I have a difficult time tossing them up. So I, I, I believe that I agree with you in total in the way, in the sense that, I really enjoyed 1994 and it's all these movies are homages. So obviously the, the 1978 one is an homage to 70 slashers and I Mm -hmm. think it does a great job. So they're all kind of judged by how they live up to the homage, right? So the 1994 one is, which is part one is definitely an homage to scream and all the, and the nineties sensibility. And I thought it was successful in that way because Even the music. It's totally the music. Everything is very, there's Spotify playlists for, for this movie <laughs> for each segment, actually, I think, but, but I meant even the background music is yeah. like, just like scream. Yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. All of the, the scoring, the score, All the scoring yeah. is, mm-hmm. is definitely like scream. So I think it lives up to that way in the sexual content and the drugs and all the different things, the bloody violence, everything costumes, that happens. Yeah. And its log line is after a series of brutal slayings, a teen and her friends take on an evil force that plagues their notorious town for centuries. So again, a slasher living up to the scream, etc. And then Fear Street Part 3 is 1666. The line is in 1666, a colonial town is gripped by a witch hunt. 
that has deadly consequences for centuries to come, while teenagers in 1994 try to put an end to their town's curse before it's too late. Again, it's the ending that really sells this, and I think if you haven't watched all three, then three isn't going to be as good. Mm -mm, No. So this is the one that really depends on the fact that you've seen them all. You have to see them all. They have you have to watch them in order. Yeah, I would say the first thing is watch them in order one, two, three for three to really sell. Otherwise, it's not gonna make any sense. Or it's, it'll make sense, but it just won't be as interesting. You won't give a fuck, right? Mm-mm. But then I think the only one I would go back and watch is number two. Cool. Thank you so much for listening to Shrink Chat. We really appreciate you. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. Please check us out on our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.